You are tuned in to Kids in the Pit. from the Kids of the Pit podcast. Today I'm joined by Shane Told from the band Silverstein. I saw you guys in Wilmington, Delaware last month, and your set was so much fun. Thanks so much for doing this interview. Thanks, Gabe. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, really, really excited to be on the show. Cool. So what do you do in Silverstein? Uh, well, I uh, sing in the band, and uh, that's that's my main role, singing and screaming. But I do... Uh, play guitar. As you can see, I've got a couple guitars behind me, uh, and I got about 23 more upstairs. So I'm also a guitar player. So I play acoustic guitar on stage sometimes, and I sometimes record some electric guitar for the band, uh, some stuff that I've written, you know, for the band. So I'm a, I'm a bit of a, a low-ranking guitar player in the band as well. Cool. So how long has Silverstein been a band? We've been together for, uh, this is our 24th year. We started in 2000. So, yeah, we've, we've been, uh, we've been 20, 23 years into our 24th year. Uh, pretty crazy. Released 10 albums over that time. And, uh, I don't know exactly how many countries we've been to, but something like close to 50. Wow. So it's, crazy. uh, it's, yeah, it's been pretty crazy. It's been a long haul. Definitely when we started, I don't think we ever thought we'd uh, we'd still be at it all these years later. Yeah, I saw like um, a video on YouTube of you guys playing in Manila, Philippines, and it looks yeah. really cool. Yeah, Philippines is crazy. So you know, for years uh, we were you know we were touring kind of wherever we could you know to go to new countries. So I remember the the really like the first crazy offer we got was to go to Australia. And when we got there, we were just so surprised people knew who we, who we were because it's so far away. And then we'd heard rumblings that the Philippines, we had a lot of fans there, but we had no contact, you know, to try to set up a show or anything there. So it wasn't until Facebook came out <laughs> every year that was, and we saw like the stats of where our followers were from. And the number one country was USA. And the number two country was Philippines. That's crazy. Cause Philippines is so, so tiny. Yeah. Well, a lot of people live there actually. It's, it's they have quite a big population. It's a very small, you know, group of islands, but quite a few people live there, but we were still, we were floored. So we, we were trying to do whatever we could to go there and we ended up playing there, um, but we've still only been there twice. But that show that you're you're talking about was uh, it was happened right before uh, COVID, and it was pretty crazy. And in fact, while we're on the t- on the topic, while we were on stage at that Philippines show, a volcano erupted in the Philippines. What? Yes, and the ash, I guess, like went up in the atmosphere, and we were stuck there. For, I don't know, three or four days 
because no planes could fly in or out of the island. So we didn't know how long we were going to, and we ended up there for, we were, we were there for a few days until we could finally get a flight and we had to fly the wrong way to get out. It was, it was, it was crazy, but yeah, Philippines is awesome. So did you guys go like West instead of East? Did you go? Exactly. Yeah. We, we went to, we had to go. So, okay. I'll tell the whole story. So the original airline that we were flying on, we were trying to go to Hawaii, but they were grounded all their planes because they said it was too dangerous to potentially fly through the ash. Cause I guess it can just like straight up melt the plane engines. Wow. So we ended up taking a sketchy uh, airline based out of Taiwan that I guess just went the other way around. And then oh. we went to Taiwan connected in Taiwan and then went Taiwan to Hawaii to get back uh, towards, uh, towards uh, North America. It was pretty, it was pretty insane. That's crazy. So where's Silverstein what? from? And do you all still live there? So we're from uh, the Toronto area of Canada. So we, we always claimed uh, Burlington, Ontario, which is a suburb of Toronto because none of us are really from Toronto originally and we didn't start the band there. So we felt like saying Toronto was sort of untrue, not to mention we had such a great music scene in Burlington that we kind of wanted to represent it when we were coming up. We didn't want to just say, Oh, we're from Toronto because everyone knows that city. So that's why we claimed uh, the suburb of Burlington where we actually started the band, where we actually practiced. Uh, but only one of us still lives in Burlington. Our drummer, Paul, he still lives in Burlington. Um, I'm currently in Las Vegas, actually. Oh, so you're not even in Canada anymore. Uh, no, I'm, I've recently, um, well, I'm still in Canada all the time. Uh, obviously ties and family and everything, but I, uh, I'm spending a lot of time here, uh, in Las Vegas and, uh, really enjoying it. Cool. Yeah. Las Vegas looks cool. So it's crazy favorite, place. Yeah. So you're my favorite <laughs> singer that can both sing and scream really well. If you had Thanks. to lose the ability to scream or lose the ability to sing, which one would you choose to keep? Ooh, what a question, man. I hope I really don't want to lose either one. Um, but I will say this, man. Screaming is difficult, uh, especially when you have to go on tour and play, you know, night after night and be on stage for like an hour and all the traveling and sleeping on the bus and, you know, all the, the difficulties of it. The screaming part definitely takes its toll. And there are there are definitely days when I'm my voice is a little raw or whatever that I'm like, man, I just wish I had never even started this screaming business. Oh. Um, <laughs> because it's hard. It's hard. It's taxing. Uh, and I remember when I first started doing the screaming, my, my mom, who I'm very close with, she kept saying, you're going to wreck your voice. You're going to wreck your voice. You're going to wreck your beautiful singing voice. And so far I haven't, yeah. but I'd say if I have to give one up, I would give up the screaming. Cool. Because yeah, makes sense. Because like most of the Silverstein stuff is like screaming. I mean, no, singing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think singing, there's a lot more. I mean, it's 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 kind of like singing is kind of like chess 
and screaming is kind of like checkers in a way, right? Like yeah. y- y- with screaming, it's like, it's about, obviously the, the lyrics are in both and the rhythms in both and the expression is in both, but obviously with, with singing, there's, you know, more of a pitch uh, or there is pitch and there's a lot more uh, expression I think that can be in singing um, at least for me, but believe me, there are some amazing screamers too. Um, and yeah, there's people I hear all the time. that just blow my mind with how good they are. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm better at uh, screaming than singing because I've sung on stage with a few bands and like, I'll like, they're usually like screamy bands. Like, um, right. Madballs, they're kind of like screamy, kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, um, well, it's it's different too, right? There's like some hardcore bands. It's like not exactly screaming. It's kind of more like a yell. Like you're wearing a Bane shirt. You know, mm-hmm. Bane is a great example. Like Aaron, I know he was on your show too. Um, he hasn't been on my show. I'd love to have him on my show, but uh, you know, they. Um, you know, they have like a yelling kind of thing. It's almost like a more of like a monotone kind of like pitchy scream. It's not like guttural, like, you know, yeah. when you think of uh, like Pantera or something like that, like more metal. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways you can do it. But I will say this, Gabe, with singing, I think it takes a lot more time to develop, especially just uh, working on your pitch and your ability to sing the notes in key. That, that as you like grow and you, you know, you grow into your body a little more and you grow into your voice, that will get better and your tone will get better too. Cause you know, you're still, you're still young. So you're still like, you're still growing. So don't give up on singing. Cause uh, believe me, I was not a good singer when I was, uh, when I was a kid. In fact, I've got an, I've got a yearbook around here somewhere where the comments in my grade seven or grade eight yearbooks say, too bad you can't sing. So that was, uh, that's what some people said to me back then. And uh, looks like I proved them wrong. Yep. Yeah. Um, I can, I can do, I can kind of sing, but yeah, like I said earlier, I'm definitely better at screaming so far, but yeah. uh, there's some songs that I listen to that are more singing. Um, Swan Song by Bane that has like a singy part that yeah. Zach does. Oh, I love Zach. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. Zach actually works. Zach actually works for our band. Uh, yeah, he um yeah. got us on the guest list for the show. So, oh yeah, he's the he best. Sold out. Yeah, he's the best. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, yeah, since you brought up Bane, Zach says hi. So, hey Zach. Yeah, he's one of my favorites. I'll text him after this. And he uh, said that your favorite. I mean, he said that you really like Bane. So, what's your favorite Bane song? Oh man. Um, well, can we start again is way too cliche, uh, an answer, but I did have an email account. Um, uh, <laughs> actually it wasn't me. It was my friend had, my friend had, can we, can we start again at hotmail.com? I think, or at gmail.com. That was his, uh, his email address that I thought was pretty good, but no, I think, I think for me, um, the entire Bane give blood record, it's probably it's probably just it's probably my favorite one. I think when they put that record out, it was big game changer in hardcore. So I don't know, pick a track off that off that record. It's hard okay. to remember all the names, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So my favorite Silverstein song is Smile in Your Sleep. For those wanting to check out uh, Silverstein, what song do you recommend they listen to first? And do you have a favorite Silverstein song? Thank you. Um, you know, Smile in Your Sleep is a pretty good place to start, I guess. You know, that's that was a big, uh, a big turning point for our band when we put out that song. It was the first single uh, that came up before Discovering the Waterfront was released. And then that song, I mean, we were playing it live before the album came out and people didn't know it and we're still going crazy to it. So I think there's something to be said for that song having all the staying power and obviously transcending generations if it's your favorite too. So I think that that's a good answer. I think I'll go with that one. Uh, and in terms of my favorite, oh boy. Uh, man, I would say probably probably one of the songs I'm most proud of um, is maybe as a band is the Alter Mary that we were able to put that thing together. Um, it's just such a crazy song that took so much finagling and so much of us just getting together in a room and trying out different things and different tones and textures. So I think that's a, that's a song I'm pretty proud of. Uh, both the, oops, excuse me, both the, um, uh, I don't know, both the, the, the concept of the song and the production and the way it all came out in the end. Cool. So I live in Delaware and was so excited to see a show here. And there are rarely shows in Delaware. So did yeah. you have anything fun when you were here in my state? You know, I have a bit of a personal Delaware story. And um, I, I, first of all, to answer your question, not really. Um, I yeah, was, I we were in here. Delaware uh, and we'd never played. We played in Wilming, we played in Delaware before at the Harmony Grange. Oh, yeah. Uh, but we never played like downtown. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll like take a walk around. But it was a bit of a dicey area, I found. Yeah. Uh, so like maybe not the the best area to, to walk around and like try to find something cool to do. So I didn't get up to too much that day. But what's interesting is my dad worked for DuPont for his entire uh, career in their head office, you know, their big company, big chemical company, uh, among other things. And their head office is in Wilmington, Delaware. In fact, Milo from The Descendants also used to work at DuPont in oh, Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, and I, I worked there actually too as a summer student uh, in, um, uh, uh, well, when I was in college before, like when Silverstein had just started. So I worked at, at DuPont too. But when I was a kid, uh, my dad had a job offer for to move to Wilmington, Delaware to, to work at the U.S. Uh, head office. So we actually went down to Delaware and we looked around at houses and we were going to move there when I was probably when I was about your age, Gabe. And uh, it didn't end up happening. My my uh, my older sister was like, oh, hell no. And uh, yeah. we, we didn't end up uh, we didn't end up moving to Delaware. I, I always think about how different my life might've turned out if, you know, if um, we had moved there. I mean, obviously yeah. there's a great scene in Philadelphia and everything, but um, I don't know. I don't know if I would have, you know, developed the same way in my love for music and everything. I, you know, I, I've thought about that uh, a few times. Yeah. Uh, 
I think you said something about the you guys moving to Delaware on stage at the show. Yes, I, you're right. I did. I did mention it. Um, I think very quickly, but that's the full story yeah. because I don't. I'm sure on stage I didn't have time to uh, to really break it down. Mm-hmm. And also, you might have been in Boy Sets Fire. <laughs> right. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe uh, they're they're definitely the the kings of Delaware, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, I can't think of many other bands from Delaware, but Boy Sets Fire are are awesome and. They are so close to like close so close with us. We are such good friends uh, with them. In fact, just this past weekend, we were in Europe uh, at the Rockham Ring Festival, and unfortunately, we weren't on the same day as Boy Sets Fire. Or I know we would have hung out with them like like literally all day because they're the best people. They're a bit older than us, so I don't know if I would have been in the band, but uh, who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Um. So, like you were saying about Milo, um. I interviewed him last year in person because he lives in Wilmington. So yeah. It's that's right. Yeah. Cause he, I heard that his, I think it's because his wife moved to, um, I, they moved to Delaware because his wife went to, um, what's it called? Uh, UD. Teachers. Yeah. She taught at oh, college. Yeah. That's what he said. Well, I know, I know that he used to work for DuPont. And, you know, obviously everyone knows, I mean, Milo goes to college and then he was doing all that, you know, uh, science-y stuff. Um, and, and he told me on my on my show that he went to, uh, <laughs> I like that. There you go. <laughs> this is my, hol- this was my Halloween costume. <laughs> I bet you had a lot of questions about what that was. No one knew. Wait, did- <laughs> one, one person knew actually. One of my favorite things to do on Halloween is uh, when all the kids come to the door, I always ask them all what they are. And then I write down each each kid that comes to the door. And then I see how many Spider-Mans and how many Batmans. And yeah. and then, yeah. And then sometimes kids say really funny things like, what are you? And it's like, I'm a crazy murderer. All right. All right. I'll write it down. Crazy okay. murderer. <laughs> yeah. I love Halloween. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm. I was like one of the only My- Milo's because it's a great Halloween costume. Mm-hmm. It's a really good Halloween costume. Yeah, Milo so, isn't Milo such a nice guy? What a great guy! Yeah, he's awesome. It's funny because like, like their lyrics are really funny too. Like, talk about vacation and farting and it's funny <laughs> yeah yeah it's true yeah you never know you never know what you're gonna get in a descendant song um but you know bill stevenson writes a lot of those songs too he's uh mm-hmm. he'd be a great guest too mm-hmm. so what was the first punk hardcore or metal show you attended and how old were you i love this question uh well the first uh show i ever went to um, I went well. The first show I ever went to, I went to see Bruce Springsteen with my parents. Uh, I was probably ten or eleven. I was very bored. I fell asleep. It was like three hours. wasn't into it. But then the next year, uh, Metallica came through, and I was really into Metallica. And the the bill was Metallica with Danzig and Suicidal Tendencies. Suicidal. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So the first band I ever saw, other than Bruce Springsteen, which I didn't care about, the first band I saw, a show I wanted to see, 
was suicidal tendencies. So I was, I was probably, how old are you, Gabe? Are you 11? 11, yeah. 11. So I would have been, I would have been 11 or 12. I think I was 12. I think it was 93. Cool. And um, so I was 12. And uh, I went, my, my older sister, my sis, older sister is seven years older than me. So we went together. She took me to the show and walked in to suicidal tendencies. I never heard them before. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm really excited. And then. Mike Muir went on this rant where he was saying stuff like, if you do what you want and what you believe, that's being suicidal. And I, I was thinking to myself, doesn't that word mean you want to kill yourself? And I was like, this is this is uh, really, really strange. Uh, but um, I love I mean, I love them at the time. And uh, dancing was super cool, you know, obviously. And Metallica was it was my favorite band and changed my life. So that was the first uh I guess that's kind of a punk show, but yeah, I mean that was definitely the first metal show uh mm-hmm. I ever went to. And then I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember the first like real like real punk band I saw. I mean it was like it was mostly local shows where I would see a lot of a lot of punk bands. So I don't know what the first one I saw would have been after that i can't really remember cool wait so metallica with suicidal like suicidal's big but i like I, when i think of metallica show i i think of like a stadium like was it like it it was yeah it was at a venue called molson park so it was like a big outdoor venue mm-hmm. like i would i have no idea how many people were there but like probably at least like thirty thousand yeah like it was a it's a big place like they used to do warp tour there but Mm -hmm. it wasn't in it wasn't in like an amphitheater shed stage it was like open a big open air like field and it was yeah suicidal opened danzig and metallica and and that's probably how metallica met uh rob uh rob who's in their bass player now right Mm -hmm. he's the new bassist which is cool yeah, new. He's been in the band for 20 years, but he's well, the new bassist. Well, but, like, when you think of him, he's, like, when you think of Metallica bass, you usually think of, like, Cliff Burton. So, like, speaking, well, yeah. he's not new, but I think he's been there since, like, yeah, it a long time. But He's been, well, today, actually, because I was on Instagram earlier, today is the 20th anniversary of St. Anger coming out. Oh, it is? <laughs> today yeah 20 oh. years and that was the first record uh i th- actually no i think he joined right after oh. i don't think he played on saint anger i think it was bob rock but uh he, he's been in the band for for 20 years now which means he's the longest serving bass player of metallica because he's, he's in the band longer than jason newstead too oh yeah i don't really like um the metallica albums after um injustice for all really and I heard that's, that. What? That's the punk. That's the cool. That's the cool punk opinion. I I, I love the Black Album. I think the Black Album is terrific. Yes, but still good. Master of Puppets. Master of Puppets is always going to be number one. Ride the Lightning is terrific too. Yeah, uh, love Ride the Lightning. I don't even like Injustice for All that. Like it's okay. I think I like the Black Album more than Injustice for All. For being honest. Yeah. But you're right. After that, it got it got pretty dicey. Yeah, it got like, I mean, this a lot of people, 
there's a ton of people that like it, but it's not really my kind of style after that. Yeah, no, I, I totally get it. I mean, it was completely different. It wasn't the same, you know, brand of thrash metal they were doing. Although they do, it's funny because the last couple records, I always listen to the records. Usually, like at least once, I'll give them the respect to listen to it. So I listen, I listen to the new one, which I didn't think too much of, but the one before hardwired to self-destruct, I think it was called yeah. the first song on that. And the last song on that, both are pretty cool and both kind of sound like they could have been on like kill them all or ride the lightning or something. So I, I, I kind of like those songs. Okay. I haven't heard them, but I guess we'll check them out. Yeah. The first song and the last song on, on hardwire are, are kind of cool. Cool. So what are some of your favorite bands to listen to recorded? And what are some of your favorite bands to see live? Oh, I love that question. So um, one of my favorite bands to see live is Anti-Flag. Oh, yeah. I think they're, what's that? I like them. They're good. Oh, they're fantastic. They're just one of the best live bands really of all time. Um, and it's I've been seeing them for so long. You know, I saw them play when I was in high school and they – I mean, they're only a couple years older than me. So they were like, you know, kids my age, like there. And I just remember they'd had some incident like with the police that day. And and like, you know, they were talking about it or whatever. And then they were like revving the crowd up. And then they were like, and this song's called Fuck Police Brutality. And they just went into it. And I was like, yeah, I'm in the circle pit. And like, and they just had that back in the late 90s. And they still, you know, they still have that energy and every show they do is different. Every show is phenomenal. And like, even though they've become such close friends of mine, they're still one of my favorite bands to watch. And I think, I mean, I think their records are great too. And I got to sing on their last one, but I like, but live, they're just they're phenomenal. Um, you saw the new one. Yeah, I did. I did. I did uh, yeah. I did a guest vocal on, uh, on their new album. Oh, which song? It's called, oh, you're putting me on the spot. What is the song called? Ugh. If you don't remember, we can just go through it's it. Called, it. It has like a name that's like uh, live. Oh, I'm so, it's like live, laugh. I don't know. Like Lies they tell our children. That's the album. Oh, yeah. Laugh, cry, smile, die. That's it. Laugh, cry, smile, die. That's why I couldn't remember it. I was like, it's four, it's four words. <laughs> so uh it's a great record though and um to answer your question about recorded bands oh man i mean there's just so many good ones i think like when i think of a when i think of like true studio bands when it's like oh man this is just so good it's tough it's a tough answer Trying to think of someone that's really consistent, you know, that hasn't like put out any records I don't like, or I, you know, but it's hard. I don't know. I don't think I have an answer for that. Sorry. Yeah, it's fine. So, what are your favorite places to tour in? Places to tour? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, definitely Southern California has always been so good to us. And it's always such a nice break on the road, usually from the weather. We tend to do a lot of touring in the wintertime and a lot of times like, you know, you're in like Utah or you're in Denver and it's like horrible, horrible, cold weather. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we drove like for a day and a half and now we're in 
Anaheim and it's like beautiful and the show's amazing. And, you know, and we're like eating all this Mexican food. That's awesome. It's just, I always love going there. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's always been a favorite. I think uh chain reaction, obviously legendary venue in, uh, in Anaheim, the first place we ever sold at a show. So I think we just have such a great history there that we love going there, but also Germany is one of the best and Australia is so much fun. Uh, and I love Japan because it's just so different. So those are, those are, I'd say the, those are my favorites, but there's so many. Mm-hmm. Most people say Japan, Japan's really cool. Yeah. It's just, it's so radically different from what everything that we're used to. And, and some of the little things are just really, really cute and really neat. Like we did a tour there one time where the entire uh, tour like um itinerary was to the minute <laughs> oh, <laughs> so wow. it was like yeah it was like oh the train gets in it you know 9 51 and it's a 15 minute ride to the to the, or a 16 minute to ride so you're there at like 10 07 and it was like all like that the whole the entire tour and we're like that is the most japanese thing ever because they're just so on top of everything so organized yeah. cool yeah, I really want to go to Japan someday. It looks awesome. Absolutely. So what are your favorite type of food from another country? Oh, wow. These are cool questions, Gabe. I really like these. Um, so my I love Asian food generally. Uh, like if I can get – if I can find a good Thai place or a good Vietnamese place, I'm kind of in heaven. So um, I, I, in fact – there was this, so I love, like, I, one of my favorite Thai dishes is a Tom Yum soup. I don't know if you've ever had it, Gabe. Yeah, I haven't. But it's, do you like spicy food? Uh, To a degree, because I, I can't handle it super well, but I do sure. like spicy stuff. As you get older, you'll start to get, you, you can get accustomed to it. Definitely, like, I didn't know, I couldn't always handle it either. Sometimes I still can't handle it. But uh, I love this Tom Yum soup. It's like a spicy, um, I don't know, It's sometimes they call it hot and sour soup. It's like a spicy, a clear broth soup. It, it's uh, I usually opt for like a vegan version, um, but sometimes it's made with like fish and shrimp. But I usually get like a vegan version that has tofu in it. Um, and usually mushrooms in it or whatever. And it's, it's, it's quite, it's quite nice. Uh, and there was a place near my house that made the best Tom Yum soup. And it was really unique. Like it didn't quite taste like any other, um, Tom Yum soup that I had before. So one time got off tour, it was like kind of a long tour and I was tired. And I was like, all I want is this soup. So I drove there and the place was gone like shut down, like the sign was off. And I was like, <gasps> it was like heartbreaking because this was the only place that did it like the way I like. So you know what I did? I became a Tom Yum soup expert. And I went to the Asian grocery store and I got all the stuff I needed and I started making my own. And over the years, I'd like to say I've kind of perfected my own Tom Yum soup uh, recipe. So uh Yeah. So if people want good, and I make, can make some other Thai food too now that I have that that knowledge. So people want some good Thai food made from scratch, nothing frozen, all fresh. Uh, yeah, come over. I got, I got, I got you. 
Yeah, you, you need to open a restaurant. I don't know if I have any more time to do anything, but I would love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to stick to music, I think, for now, but I, I love where your head's at. Yeah. So what was your favorite TV show and movie when you were my age? Oh, wow. Okay. So when I was 11, oof. Oof, I'm trying to remember. That's a hard question. When I was like really little, I loved He-Man. That was my favorite show for sure. Uh, but then as I got a little older, so what year would it have been? Like in the early 90s. Wow. Hard to say. Man, that's a tough question. I loved um, one show I really liked, cartoon show, was uh, My Pet Monster. It was a, do you know it? No, I don't. So it's, I don't think it was Canadian. This is another thing that happens is sometimes this stuff's Canadian and no one knows it. Um, but I think this was it. The premise of it, the show was kind of crazy. It was this like, you know, kid who had this like little pet monster, like plushy toy. But when nobody was around, he could like uh, unlock it. And then it became like his friend, my pet monster. And then I think his friends knew about it. But then there was an evil monster from another dimension that was trying to come like get him. So they'd have the whole the whole episode was like them trying to escape from the bad uh, the bad monster. But I love that show. Like whenever it was on, it was like, oh yeah, let's go. So I love that. And in terms of favorite movies, uh, probably thinking about 1992 when I was 11. Yes, 1992. I believe was the year Terminator Two came out. And Terminator 2, still one of my favorite movies, but my mom took me to it. And I remember I was a little young, maybe, for the violence, or at least she thought so. Uh, but we went to it, and uh, I remember we watched the first one first. But I was like, let's watch the first one so you can handle it. And I was like, yeah, I'm in. And then we went and we watched, uh, we watched Terminator 2 in the theaters. And... Uh, I remember Guns, Guns N' Roses was the like theme song from the Use Your Illusion album. So that was like a big one. So I loved I loved that movie, Terminator 2. There's this movie called Toy Soldiers with Sean Astin that I really liked too. Um, oh, and Point Break. Point Break, yeah. I was probably too young to watch that too. But I love Point Break. Uh, yeah, I don't know them. But I'll make sure to check them out. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, yeah, use your mother's discretion for that one. Uh, we'll see what she thinks. Okay. Yeah, they're also a little dated. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about the references. Red Hot Chili Peppers are in Point Break, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, my mom will let me watch almost anything, so. Yeah, well, you seem like you got a good head on your shoulders and that you, uh, you seem like a, a good kid, so that's awesome. Okay. Well, uh, if you could tell your 11-year-old self anything at all, what would you tell him? I think the biggest thing that I, I have learned through just seeing, you know, other successful people like my age, you know, and I'm 42 now, is like, if you're passionate about something at a young age and you're really passionate about it and you really care about it, the sky is the limit. And for you, Gabe, like it seems to be music. So like you can do it. 
I, I did it. Like I, I, I am proof that you can do it. And I'm not special. Like I am a normal person. I'm not the most gifted guitar player or singer or songwriter, but I was able to work hard at it and I was able to do it. And I see so many other people in other fields. Like I have friends that became, you know, sports announcers for their favorite teams because they were so passionate about that team as a child that they were just, they were just like, they were so focused on it. They were like, one day I will call games for the, for, you know, for, for the blue Jays and, and they are, you know, or, um, even somebody that's in, you know, like in the pinball, uh, field, like I love pinball, you know, there's, there's a guy that, that just, he was just so into it at a young age and now he's the best pinball designer out there. So, you know, there's anything that you want to do, you can learn so much about it and you can be laser focused on it. You can get there. Anybody can, if they put in the time and the work and the love and the, and they care about it, it's, it's really is amazing. So I I think anybody should realize that. And, you know, a lot of times people want to, people get discouraged because other people will say things like, Oh, well, like if you wanted to be like the, you know, you know, the like announcer for the Philadelphia Phillies, well, like, you know, they have the same guy for like 30 years and like, you know, it's not really an easy job to get. And like a lot of people really want that job. It's like, you know what? I believe that if you at a young age decided that you like you love the the Philadelphia Phillies so much and that's what you wanted to do, I believe you could do it. And I think that that's the more and more I see people my age that are successful, that's the same story that when they were at a young age and they were passionate about it and they worked really hard to be to learn everything about that subject and just focus on it. And, uh, and I think, I think, you, you know, anybody can do anything that they, that they want to, if they set their mind to it. Cool. That's really good advice. Yeah. I really want Thank to you be a little long-winded. Yep. I really want to be in a band that like tours the world. That'd be really awesome. Like, cause I, I love geography and I love music. So both of them together would just be amazing. I also love geography too, man. And, uh, look, if I can do it, anybody can seriously. Uh, yeah, just, you know, Keep practicing, focus on on the things that matter, which are the actual performing of the music. You know, don't worry so much about the like, you know, all the flashy things, the fashion, all that. That stuff's not as important. It's the real the real importance is is uh, uh, the craft and, and developing it. And uh, and uh, yeah, and it seems like you got a great head on your shoulders. So I'm sure one day that's that's probably what you'll do yeah so anything to add before we wrap it up well thanks for having me so much i really enjoyed this this is this, honestly this is one of the better interviews i've had in a while so um i, I really thanks. appreciate the questions and you taking the time having me on the show um and yeah we got to spread the word on this thing we're gonna blow it up um i love it so thanks for having me and uh i guess what else to tell the people? I don't know. I have my own podcast too. If you want to hear me talk more, it's called lead singer syndrome. Yeah. Uh, it's on all the podcast networks and my band Silverstein has a sort of new album. It's been out for like a year. It's called misery made me. You can check that out too. Yeah. Um, I saw Andrew from comeback kids sings on it, right? Yeah. Yeah. We wrote this 
pretty, I, I actually was during COVID. I was very frustrated and angry and I just got, I, 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 uh, I just bought this JCM 800 head. I've always, I always wanted a JCM 800 head and I found one on uh, Craigslist and I went and got it. And I was just, it was the middle of COVID and I was just, you know, not in a good place. And I cranked up this amp and I was tuned to B and I just went, and I was just like doing it. And then I was like, wait, maybe that's a cool riff. And I ended up kind of writing this very, comeback kid-esque kind of metal metallic hardcore song that i called die alone and i was like well who's the guy i should get for a guest feature obviously it should be goose andrew from comeback kid so uh, we call him goose everybody calls him goose and uh he did it and it was awesome so yeah it's uh definitely if you're a fan of of metallic hardcore maybe a little old school uh check it out die alone it's called okay well, uh, thanks to Jane, Shane for joining me today, and thanks to all of you for watching or listening. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel or follow me on Spotify and other streaming platforms. Until next week, bye! Bye!